Now broadcasting on all frequencies to the ends of the earth and the limits of space. The Aging Millennials Podcast. Seasonal, what was it? The seasonal? seasonal switch of feelings. Yeah, no, that's accurate. Yeah, exactly. It was on, it was on point. Um, where are we at? 11? Yeah, we are in episode 11. Welcome, ladies and gents, boys and girls, to the 11th episode of the Aging Millennials Podcast. <laughs> it's been a little while since we saw you. Well, we didn't see you. You heard us. It's been a little while since you heard us. Um, you know, sorry for the delay. We're just kind of dealing with life as it comes. We started. Uh, we we picked a good year, I think, to start a podcast. I man. would say that uh, doing this podcast has contributed to my mental health <laughs> throughout this, without question. Yeah, mine too, buddy. Mine too. I mean, you can go like literally one day, uh, and and all of a sudden have a brand new plethora of things to discuss, and, mm-hmm. and it's like, I'll, and each day is just a garbage truck filled with <laughs> interesting truck. new rotting banana peels to <laughs> examine it's, and discuss. It's like, it's like we are like a reality show now. It's like America. America. Land, land of the free. So is there a revolution coming? What's, what do you think no, are the odds? We're all too lazy. To you think so? Do a revolution. Yeah. We all like just want to like play on our phones and watch Netflix and I'm stuff. Not a, I'm not a video game guy, but I am a Harry Potter guy. Yeah. And there's a Harry Potter video game coming out in 2021. I know it makes me sound like a child and a nerd, but dude, it looks so sweet. Sounds pretty cool. Like you're actually Harry and you get to use you're your wand. You're not Harry Potter. You're Aww, like, but you go, to, you go to Hogwarts, right? You're just oh, some okay. random student in Hogwarts. It's like set in the 1800s. And it's like, it's like Grand Theft Auto style game. Like it's like an open world game. And use all these different things. You play you Quidditch? Yeah, I would imagine. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's for an sure. Part of you the have Harry to play Potter Quidditch, universe, yeah. The wizarding world. So, like, I'm excited. Like, I might get back into playing video games. They're going to sell so many oh, copies of that. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. Just cha ching on that one. You know, you got to give it up for uh, J.K. Rowling because yeah. she, she takes a lot of. Uh, noise over her over this stuff about trans. Oh my gosh, she did take so much noise still, over it. Still, it's still going on. It's yeah. like a battle that she that she has, <laughs> just raging. Yeah, but you know, when you're that like famous, like she's, I think if you count all the sales of her book, she's considered one of the, oh, most, the most successful, successful selling author of all time. Author of all forget time. Charles Dickens, forget Stephen King, forget anyone you've ever heard of. Yeah. J.K. Rowling is in the top spot. Yeah. I mean, we, we, I, I've heard a few of the things she said, and I, I don't see anything that she said that was so outrageously offensive. And I got to say, let me make a point on this one. The trans sector of the whole uh, justice, uh, social justice movement is the most sensitive of 
all of the movements. Well, so what's interesting is the one of the reasons Rogan is getting all this noise. Rogan got yeah, he got Here's he got what stuff it, here's for what it. most of the noise is about. He had this lady on his podcast who wrote a book about this phenomenon that's happening, which is that there are these little pockets of um, school age girls, like high school girls, who decide that they're trans, like a big group of them together decide that they're trans, and then they all like go through it and and change their gender. And then a fair number of them, some point later on in life, regret it. Because, I mean, obviously, statistically, it's very unlikely that 10 girls that are friends in high school all happen to be in the wrong gender body. Yeah, they're young, impressionable, young uh, right. minds, yeah. So I think the problem is is that people said that he was transphobic Yeah, because he said that people regretted going through a gender transition. It, it, you, can't, you can't even discuss it. That's, That's the, the point. Thing. Unless you can't you're even... 100% behind and in favor of every but aspect of, of it. You cannot, it's it's taboo to even I have discuss. faith that the overwhelming majority, for some reason this whole little woke majority mm-hmm. has a, some of the loudest voice because they are in the media, a lot of them. And they're very they're very much on the internet. I think it's way more fringe than we think. There's, there's, a, such, a, there's such a gap between, let's say, being a compassionate, open-minded person, like the opposite of being a bigot, you know, right. like... And then crossing over into lunacy, yeah, like I agree, madness, like, it, and then you become the very thing that you are trying to extinguish. But you're unable to see that because and, you because of all the virtue signaling, and you just like virtue signaling, and and you know it never ends. It becomes it becomes this weird distortion of like the Salem witch trials. It's <laughs> like, like this coronavirus, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it seems like everybody that I meet. Yeah. Like literally everybody I have a conversation with is like sick of this and like doesn't yeah. want to wear a mask and is over it. I, in my in my personal life, the people that I talk to, that's what I'm getting feedback from the people that I speak with. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see anybody. We're, we're like month seven uh, of the whole thing now. There's no doubt there's fatigue out there, but I mean, there's it depends on who you talk to because I think if you still talk to people six. D plus, they're but still even, scared. But even those people. Some of them. I mean, I get your point, but there's there's a difference. You can be mad all you want, but the virus is still here, and people will still get it, and people will still get sick, and people will still die. It will still happen now. No, that's not... My point is, like, in the media, it would seem like the people who just want to get back with on with their lives yeah. and aren't really that scared of, of the coronavirus, like, don't exist. Huh. It's sort of like... How everybody like how everybody. It seems to be such this following for Biden that he's leading in all the polls and all this. But everywhere you go, all you see is Trump signs. Yeah, well, we are also in Southwest Florida. I've also read that it seems to be that way other places. Yeah, I have no idea. I like after the last election, I stopped trying to guess. The polls, yeah. the, the polls mean nothing they, to they're me. Meaning, they're completely they're meaningless. meaningless. Um, look. There's there's two different mindsets here, I think. And the extremist, like, of let's be terrified of this virus and w- operate our lives as into in complete and utter fear of of every right. of it's everything the, of it. We're we have become a people who are just like only see things in extremes. That's fading away, I think, though. But I think it's the mindset of, well, 
let's still be conscious of it, but like you know, still take the conscious the, and the, careful. Like the small measures. Careful. We need to be careful. Small but, measures, but not like so over the top that we're locking ourselves. Wear a in mask our house. at the grocery store. Right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Or you know, in large groups. Or you know. I think honestly, everybody uh, says that it's a complete disaster, and a lot of it is, but. Seems like we're getting back in stride here, and we're handling we're it. We're living. Like we're NFL moving. games are twenty five percent capacity, even though that like they, it struck a couple of NFL teams. They had to shut down a couple of teams, but yeah, I mean, you know, whatever it happens, it's gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. President got COVID. <laughs> that was crazy hearing that. Crazy, right? Whoa! It's so funny with Trump how he is so much a, a showman, oh. and he's so concerned with with. The public perception, so but concerned. but that's not unfounded because people respond to that. Like when all of those uh, DC protests were happening and it was getting a little out of hand, yeah. and then and uh, Lafayette Park was on fire and mm. there was all that uh, spray paint and everything, and then they tear gassed everybody and he went across the street with the Bible and held the Bible up yeah. in front of the yeah, like that was just a complete image demagoguery. Thing. And I see no, but I see where he's coming from with it. Because otherwise, everybody's saying, oh, you're just hiding in your little bunker in the White House, and you're afraid, and look at you. I mean, this is, you're yeah, talking about Twitter, yeah. people, which I've s- given up Twitter. I'm done. <laughs> you gave up Twitter. But he's got he's show, he comes out, and he shows strength. That's like with this coronavirus stuff. He gets in the, he's, he's oh my God, Trump's in the hospital for the coronavirus. He must be dying. He gets in the car, he drives around, he waves at people, I'm fine. It's all about projecting strength. And But that's this is the thing that, happens in politics and it happens in business and it happens in the places of power that these are these psychological games that people play that are that are power games that you can't look weak because then you'll be swiped at any any perception of weakness is an opening but then if you sacrifice looking intelligent in order to look strong like I, I, I but to, that's I, not what crowds respond to. I, exactly. I mean, he got elected, dude, and he's got a big following. He's got, you know what I mean? He's 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 a master of whatever you want to call it, marketing, promotion, image, that kind of thing. But the balance to me is way, way kilt, you know, off kilter. I mean, it's like there's got to be a little bit of like uh analytical side like uh, there there's a side anyways i don't want to i don't want to end up demonizing trump because i think it's gotten way to a fever pitch now um you know the whole thing about getting the virus and then of course he he people are jumping at the bit to just condemn the guy for everything i mean they talk about like in that car well why do you put a secret service people at risk you know it's like it's a a hermetically sealed uh, car why is he doing that you gotta think that before that happened he talked to i mean you know, Secret Service guys, you probably had a conversation with them and they were probably like, dude, d- do it. Go ahead. We're fine. Well, they're with we're him good. anyway in the room. You know what I mean? Like, so, But I bet you, like, their opinion was part of it. Yeah. I bet he was like, hey, I w- kind of want to go for a ride and, like, show that I'm okay. Like, is that going to be okay with you guys? And they yeah. were probably, like, 100% behind it. They're yeah. these, like, hardcore, like, crazily physically fit, like, gun-toting, mm-hmm. like, you know, Secret Service men. I mean, they're freaking... We're the, trying to find balance. The Green Berets. We're trying to find balance. Since the outbreak of it, we uh, two hundred something thousand people died, right? And now we're not even talking about the people who got it, and are still getting like uh, they're all messed up from it. Like it's not your typical flu. 
it is, but it doesn't mean uh, like obviously if we come to a grinding halt, like in New York, they shut down again. You know, they shut down a couple. They did. They cut. They shut down a couple of of, of uh, boroughs. They shut down Queens and Brooklyn, and the 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 damage you cause like from doing that over and over and over uh, is much worse in my humble mentally. Opinion. Especially in a place like New York, where a lot of people are living hand to mouth. Dude, New York is. I think New York is in rough shape. New York and and the West Coast as well. L.A. L.A. is, is rough according shape. to what big I cities hear. in general. Chicago. It's a these shit show these over there. cities are not in good shape right now, and and they just came out. You know what? They weren't in great shape before, though. I mean, honestly. parts they've been, of them. They've been parts in decline for some time. Yeah, parts of them. Are you right though? In general, the, the home, big the urban sprawl. Is a real, is yeah, a real yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, but you know, I don't want to get too hung up on politics. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's because I feel like it's just become so pervasive, and yeah. we're just well, we're at a fever pitch now. We're in October, dude. Yeah, you know, this we're coming it. down to it. This is it. In the end, we are a country that is supposed to be a democratic republic, whatever you want to call it. We vote, and we live with the outcome. And I think no matter what, it's going to be. Uh, I think the, a contentious the idea result. Though, is that there's a, a big amount of people, which I d- have not met any of them. That's why I'm skeptical of, of this, like I was talking about earlier. There are apparently a large number of people who don't believe that a democratic republic is the best way to govern going forward. I, mean, I personally do. Um, the, 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 once again, I think this is the media, like the, the fringe. Like if, I don't know if you're talking about like people who are Marxist, communist, anti, anti-fascist, whatever, those groups of people. I think these are fringe things at the moment. doesn't mean they can't grow into something bigger over time. They have, I think, no uh, power to, let's say, overthrow our current I system. I think all they can really do is make so much noise yeah. that it sort of gets people maybe leaning in a, in, to the left or to the right politically, but not they're not going to change people's minds so much that they're going to go out in the streets and revolt. Think of them, it's like they're, they're the ones holding a piece of flint and trying to make a spark right, to start right. a fire. But we're all very wet. <laughs> yes. We're all very wet I don't and know. happy and I've gone through football. the myriad of emotions, but I'm actually thinking, you know, more hopeful of that. Yeah. There's going to be moments like this. I don't know. Whatever the result is, there's going to be moments of like, whoa, what's going on? This is weird. Everything's changing. Everything's in flux. But uh, there's more people than not that want to just carry on yeah, with, I mean, carry on have, with we life. We got shit to do. Yeah. We got kids to we raise. Live. We got jobs to work. We got you know, boats to buy. You know. And I still have faith in like our National Guard, <laughs> our police. Like, yeah. They they will they will maintain order you know there's and it, it might not be pretty but what do you think the annual budget for the Charlotte County Sheriff's Office is the annual budget of the Charlotte County Sheriff's Office is probably ten million bucks seventy six million seventy six million dollars to run Charlotte County Sheriff's mm-hmm. God I, that's it's a lot of money. It's a, it's a lot. So it's when they were talking about defund the police, that's the thing, the slogan. They were talking about just reduce the budgets a little bit. They weren't talking about take all the money away. Yeah, but you kind of can't because 50-something million of that is salaries. 50 million? Yeah. God. It's not like they're How out here How many cops are tanks? there in Charlotte County? Well, you figure... 5,000? What, what is it? I don't know. I thought a cop... I think a cop makes 40 or 50 grand. 50 grand, 50? right? How, that's not that many cops to get to a million. Yeah, I guess so. I bet. I mean, it's. Yeah, I guess you're right. And then there's sergeants and lieutenants and uh, administrative people and 
There's a lot of... Yeah, that's 16 cops to get to a million dollars. Right, that's not... Yeah, no, okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. Yeah, well... But it was just... That kind of blew me away a little bit. Like, that was like... I didn't think the whole county had that kind of budget for parks and road works and everything. But, you know, I guess... Such a big scale now. You know, that's why money is funny, because it means different things if you look at it different ways. Even yeah. in different parts of the country for the same job. Well, guess know? how many billionaires do you think are in the United States? Oh, I think somewhere around like 500. Good, great. 516. I, I'm using Google, by the way, for this. I just looked it up the other day. So oh, just okay. a basic Google search. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but 516. Fair, how many, fair how amount. many millionaires do you think are in the United oh, States? Oh, I mean countless. Not countless. I don't know. Countable amount. 20,000, if not more. 18 million. <laughs> 18, million. 18 million millionaires out of 300 you know, really 350 million there's 300 some million people and many of them are uh elderly or children yeah the average age of a millionaire is in well, a, six, a lot of is elderly 60s, folks are millionaires 60s, yeah. yeah basically a million dollars doesn't go as far yeah, as you know used honestly to. though in, in this day if you work hard your whole life you make a million and dollars, save you're yeah. gonna have a million dollars yeah yeah yeah, for sure. Especially just the rate of just everything's been going if you're, up. If you're not, you know, if you don't go gamble all the time, and if you are smart with your money, you should be able to get that by the time you retire. Gosh darn inflation. Get milk eating what it used to okay. be. Okay, I'm paying $3 a gallon. Can't do it. Can't yeah, do it. You know sure. what I, I, I uh, saw the other day that I thought was interesting? What's that? Like you saw that California just did all this about that by 2035, it's only electric uh, cars. Vehicles. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> California turns, always, always. It turns them. out, first of all, to make an electric car, to make a lithium battery for the electric car, you have to mine lithium, which is very harmful to the earth, like very harmful to the earth. And the electricity that powers the car comes from coal. Or nuclear. I think right? it's mo- overwhelmingly coal. Electric. Power right, the power plant. has to come from somewhere. It's coal, more often than not. So you're mining lithium and you're, and you're burning coal to get an electric car so that you can drive around town and feel like you're contributing to the ecology of the earth. And it's marginally better than in a gas car. Like very little when you, when you break it all down and you look at the actual harm you're causing. It's only a tiny little bit less harm than a gasoline God, car. But there, there's people who study. There's got to be super intelligent scientists. It's virtue signaling, pure and simple. Gosh, we need scientific consensus as well. I we mean, need. I'm not a scientist. Maybe it's maybe. But that's it, what I'm saying. That's completely. We bullshit. need. We need. We need to like go back. But that's. I know. Uh, for some reason, it used to be. I feel like it used to be in that in the past. Like we trusted science more. But I understand science is not absolute. You know truth. what? The it's not absolute is, truth. But what the problem is with science is that it's not a pure pursuit. Because, like, take smoking. Right. <laughs> Marlboro pays scientists to put out studies that say that smoking is less harmful. Because you can do a study if you do it in a certain way that shows smart, smoking to be less harmful. May, big companies. Pay scientists, fund scientists fund, for fund results. Scientists yeah. for the results. So of course they they're going to be biased, right? So right. there, it's not like impartial. So there's a whole green industry that has a motive to this, a put lot out of this. A lot of this uh, ties into the food food industry. Like when when all this stuff came out of low carbs and low or uh, you know low fat, low carbs. Like all of these 
food companies were paying right. to have these studies put out that said so-and-so about food. So right. then they could put that on their box. Like I just saw the, the next thing is uh, the Mars Corporation is paying to have studies made that show that chocolate is like good for your health. Right. So now M&Ms are going to have on the package uh, an antioxidant. Yeah. Food. But this is a side effect that is inevitable with capitalism because there's such a desire to win and get money that you're going to this is going to happen in a capitalistic society. The but there're certain things that like globally objective uh, research institutions have but come look, to a what, consensus look what happened on. What with the coronavirus with the who? It's the solutions that we don't have a consensus on. The who gets yeah. funded from different countries. Right. The who gets a big gets big funding the from who China. Didn't look, the who Some the who didn't look good. virus comes out of China and they go, "Oh no, it's it's good, it's cool." No, the who the who is It's all not, about you follow the money, right. man. It's all about follow the money. The money, dude. Gosh darn it. Well, it's all kind of bigger mechanizations of uh uh I've learned I've learned to to sort of I guess I can a little bit more since I'm just a single dude with like all this time, but it's like to, to have a more detached view of like, okay, ha- stand firm, I guess, uh, try to learn more every day about the things that you care about and have some, try to find a firm standing in things and take a stance, but like, let go of the bigger picture of things. Well, I mean, before try you, to. before you can even think about tackling any of these issues, yeah. you gotta, your boat has to be. Yeah, right. Think of yourself. Right. And how you're, and a lot of it boils down to how people treat each other. Like, you know, if there are certain people like on the other side of the aisle, like the people who we talk about are foaming at the mouth, and there's so many of them, Trump supporters and the people who hate Trump. I mean, you got to take a look inside there and and realize, you know what? What, what you hate in the other person might be something you hate in yourself. And this extremist, like it's all yin and yang balance. It's all it's off. That's why I always go back to that Grateful Dead song. It's like my favorite Grateful Dead song, Uncle John's band. Mm-hmm. It's just like. All I want to know is, are you kind? Are you kind? Are you kind? That's all that matters. Right. Are you kind? Do you have good intentions? Are you like trying to make the world a better place and like being nice to people? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly, that's so that's exactly hard. The, the point I was trying to make. So for some reason, it seems like we have to go through like extreme tragedies to get back to that point. But it does um, seem like that, doesn't it? It feels like it, you know, but I'll tell you what, this New Year's Eve is going to be off the chain. <laughs> <laughs> what the party you mean the when 2020 is over oh yeah we're yeah. gonna lose their minds well, i mean there's not like that much is gonna change in 2020 no but it's a psychological thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure for sure we're gonna party like it's 1999 like it's like it's 2021 yeah like <laughs> no that's gonna be the new thing if only prince was still here to do a new one i gonna party like, like it's 2021 <laughs> so yeah stupid. but uh yeah, what else you been up to, man? Uh, just potty trained my kid. Yeah, How, is that's yeah. uh that's uh going well? Yeah, went really well. You know, it's one of those things like I tried to do it a couple times before, and it was just, just like didn't. super hard, and it didn't work. Even she just wasn't ready for it. It's like you well because the whole like ready when, when they're ready. when you when you go into the bathroom, it's like the whole thing is like what what are we doing? Why do I need to what what? No, she's known about it and fought it. Like, because it's like you want to go use a potty like no no it's easier to have somebody change your diaper <laughs> right right might as well milk that as long as you can when but there comes to a certain point where they they have to have a certain level of understanding to be able to want to do it 
Like, she can't go and do a dance class unless she's potty trained. All right. Yeah. But for her to be able to understand when you say to her, you want to do a dance class, you got to go on the potty. Yeah. And then now she under, she would understand that. So the, the, lang- the language is going through the roof right now. Like, oh, it's out of control. Like exponential. She basically can talk. Like, exponential. Yeah, she Isn't basically that, can talk. So I once uh, worked for a, a company called the, the Institute of Reading Development. And it was all about reading and and it uh, and all of its efficacies, like all the way from pre-K all the way up to like college level speed reading, you know. And uh, when we were in the training part of that, it was just all about reading. There's literally scientists are somewhat baffled at the at at this period of time, like in her life, of of the rapid. It's Acquis- hard to understand the, because they you can't really communicate with them to have them. Explain but there's a jump. There's a jump. This rapid acquisition that they're like scientists are like, whoa, what's going on? It's amazing. It's like a flower, bloom. right? Exactly. And we're just a unique uh, animal species in that way that we have this period of time where we rapidly and then it's change. just it's prolonged, like up until yeah. you're in your I would say mid twenties probably. Br- well, yeah, the brain's still forming. Like you're just con- just leaps and bounds. You're growing. Yeah. And I mean, you hit some walls there, I think. But yeah. You know, like as your body grows, your mind grows. Right. right. And you're mature. Like as your maturity grows, your mind grows. Yeah. We're just an ever-evolving uh, organism. So it's pretty cool. Until you start going on the other end of it. Well, yeah, I guess it depends what you do with it. Yeah. You got to stay sharp. It's not easy, you know? <laughs> But yeah, uh, been trying myself. I've been uh, trying to stay on the stay on the up and up. And uh, in terms of, I've really gotten into like nutritional supplements, stuff like that. Yeah, you're big on the matcha. Matcha, yeah, dude. I like matcha. I make matcha tea every day. Well, like you said about being single, it's it's a it's little easier, bit easier for yeah. sure. It is. When I was single, I used to like hit the gym every morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I had my my protein shakes, and yeah. I would I would go to Sam's. Get a big thing of chicken breasts every Sunday. Chick, cook like twelve chicken breasts on the grill. Just eat them all week. Like I was just crazy, like about fitness. And it's easier when you're single and you got all this time. It's the it's, dad bod <laughs> is a real thing. Yeah. You're not, dad you're bod is real. <laughs> Chicks dig the dad bod for money. No, they I don't. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because poll out there, the aging millennials poll. Dad bod aging in <laughs> or out? <laughs> Nobody. It's not in. I just realized I'm this type of person. That I'm a momentum guy. Yep, like hundred percent. But I'm almost too extreme to where it's like I know in the past, like I'm gonna wake up and like eat hot wings, like and then <laughs> and then for lunch I'm gonna have a big I never, Mac. Never never went that far. And then <laughs> and then for dinner I'm gonna have a pizza. Like but and all of a sudden to, all of a sudden it's, it's all like about all of a sudden it's like five months of like <laughs> bad eating and all yep, of a sudden I'm too uh, much I, drinking. And and not only your body where you're like, oh, I feel terrible, <laughs> but but the way you think and feel, depression, it all it, it it's such when you when you finally climb out of something like that, you're like, whoa. You know what? Your your mind is insidious because <sighs> what it does is you'll you'll be on a momentum of health. Oh yeah. And you'll be like losing weight and you'll be feeling seeing yourself in the mirror and like you see your V muscles down, and you're, and you're like, man, I look, I look good, sweet. And then you're like, dude, I'm gonna take a couple days off and just go to town. But then the couple days turns into right a lot longer, right? Because your body's like, no, I'm cool, I'm good, I did all that work. 
now well, like I can play a little bit. There's but something then you realize, oh my God, I've been playing for six months. There's something to be said for the the, the discipline effect of resisting these things, but your mind, there's certain things that. But like, at a certain point, when you become miserable, yeah, if you have yeah, because you're discipline. too disciplined. So right. you need to learn the balance, man. That's how to tr- how to fine, treat yourself it's a, it's once, in, how to treat yourself once in a while. Act. Like my thing is like sometimes I zone out and like fantasize about like chocolate and sweets. Ah, I love chocolate. And then I'll spend one day just just going to town. And I'll, I'll go through. It, it's crazy how your body like when you lose you lose weight. And you go low carb. Okay, all right, I'm losing weight, losing weight. You go one day. I went two days. I went to go visit my friend Dan in Palm Beach. And I went two days and just ate whatever I wanted for two days. Like, cookie monster style. <laughs> you know? Like and then on cheeseburgers, fries. Whatever. And most a lot of sugar yeah. and carbs, whatever. But uh, t- yeah, t- t- uh, uh, chips and dip and stuff like that. Just it was great. But uh, on Monday morning, I weighed myself and I was six pounds heavier six pounds yeah. over two <laughs> days now that's water weight water weight but it's even, a lot of water in your body what's funny is it's not it's like a, it's, it's absurdity not like if you did that you would gain rate gain weight at that rate no, 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 until no, no, you no. were 500 pounds i'm just saying you the sensitivity. Certain, like your body has a certain equilibrium of like normal resting living life guy equilibrium no. and then you have a healthy equilibrium and then you have like a crazy overweight sure. equilibrium Got to learn the bad. Like I've learned, it's not a healthy thing to weigh yourself every day. Like, sure, why not? Well, it, it's like if because sometimes when you get real, because in the beginning it's great, you lose weight and like, oh yeah, I'm keeps down it a, at the front of your mind. In the beginning, it's great, especially if you're up a lot. Say like I started out at 230 pounds. So as I started to like clean up my diet and work out, oh great, whoa whoa, 225. Yeah, uh, that's a cool uh, feeling. And, and it, it goes down every day, but all of a sudden you reach a plateau. Where you're you like can't do, get it down, but you're any doing further. the same things. You're and you're going in your mind, and then you but, go, but, and then you go. Why am I bothering doing this? You if I'm exactly, not better, but right? you have this militant mindset of like I'm doing it, I'm doing it. I'm right. just drinking water and working out right. and living this clean life. And all of a sudden, you step on the scale the next day. Maybe you go up a pound, and you yeah, go. But that's when you're you go, making real progress because that's go, muscle. Right. So, but I have a biometrics scale. It's not necessarily a- a- accurate. Right. But it shows you like body fat percentage. Man, I don't want to see that. It's, scale. No, see, so so you look at that and you go, but how? I literally had nothing that would put fat on my body. I literally worked out, and it's like going up. But, anyways, I let that go now too. So you just take it for what it is, and whatever. You know what? Though it's one of those things where you if it's it's good anyway. If you just live your life that way with periods of being crazily into fitness, because that's the difference between like a really like obese, heavy set guy yeah, yeah, and yeah. a guy who's in decent shape. You know what I mean? Nobody's saying you gotta you gotta look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No, no, no. I'm and But and, it keeps you from just going to where you're just in a place where it's really hard to get back from. It's just good to, just good to build uh build the habits and it's all about free time as far as yeah, I'm free well, yeah, free time has to do with it. But your diet too is also a little bit about planning and and commi- right, but committing, your diet committing is also to it. Also, has to do with free time. I'm telling you, after if you don't have time, after you two go days, out and make yeah. rice and chicken and you know eat avocados and make yourself smoothies and all this. There's always there's a will, there's a way always. But look, I can't compare. We're two you're living two different lives, so I I, I totally. But you need I totally more, admit You need to a that. bigger dose of the will to get up at well, six in the morning and do it, as opposed to right. just having time to do it at nine in the morning. That's true, but. Uh, I can tell you after two days of eating carbs, it's like 
I Jones for them. Like, oh, their sugar's so different. And I'm, but I'm saying it's a different kind of hunger in your body. It's like a, it's more like a burning furnace of, I'm hungry. Like, yeah, but uh, it's like <laughs> your body. It's like, like your blood sugar or something has something right, to do with it. But that's like not, your, your body wants it for a reason. Well, you know what I'm saying? It's like if you, yeah. you, your body is supposed to tell you what it needs and what it wants. Maybe it likes getting all of those carbs, but it wants you to lift weights also. Well, if it's good carbs, if you're eating sweet potatoes and like, you know, stuff your body, like, but when you're eating tortilla chips and tortilla, when you. <laughs> <laughs> tortilla. Tortilla. Gosh. Anyway. So we're all doing the best we can. Health. We're all doing the best we can. We literally are. So <laughs> no, that's not Whatever. true. It's, that's not true at all. Uh, we're not all doing we the best we can. You can I speak, mean, speak for yourself. I mean, there's a lot of the, people the, not the, trying the, at all. The thing is, you can't. There's a guy out there eating a taste, all about tasty pr- cake. It's all about priorities. Dipping it in marshmallows. Oh, not we're all as in we're all on the earth. I mean, we're all you and me. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, because it's all about pri- it's all about that. priorities. If you, yeah, yeah. I've done that before where the only way to, for me to like be able to fit in a workout is to get up at like six in the morning and go to the gym. And then I'm at work at like four 30 and I'm just like done. Like I've been, I went to the gym at six o'clock in the morning. I did all my like life stuff and I'm like done by four o'clock in the afternoon. Like I can't afford to be done by four o'clock in the afternoon. Right. I got a lot more stuff I got to do until okay. nine okay. o'clock. Yeah, you're, I'm making excuses. Your I'm life is full of, of stuff. Your life is full of stuff. No, it's it's uh, it's all about how you feel in the end. If you feel okay, then okay. You know what I mean? Then then carry on with your life and carry on with your routine. But if you feel like, oh, this sucks, I don't feel good and whatever, then change things, you know? But uh, whatever. I'm not here to preach. Not her. Well, you've been pretty uh, long on the wagon of health. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I, I reached a point definitely where I was feeling physically worse for a number of reasons. But I decided to like like yeah. put on the brakes and go in the complete opposite direction. Yeah. So that has meant no alcohol, no uh, adulterants, uh, and then just health. So just basically... And it's a lot of it's been exploratory, like, all right, the big craze is keto, cutting carbs. Um, and it works, but I tried to do it more like steady, you know. And now it's now it's more like it's never good. Like people who drop weight super, super, super fast and look, like cut water weight, like you're going to gain it back so you fast. Lifting, you lifting too or you just... So I canceled my gym membership and then I, I bought like a pull-up bar. Uh, I've got an ab roller and I do like... A, High intensity circuit thing for oh, okay, cool. Three times a week, so I start off with burpees, and then I do push ups, pull ups, the two sided, you know, both both kinds of pull ups. So I do a little a little home workout thing, you know. What do you do? Just like every day for half no, an hour? I try to fit it in when I can. So it's like try to do three times a week of that, and then I try to run, and I try to do like a, and I I struggle with running. Sometimes it's walking, you know. I don't really get mm-hmm. the run, but I count my steps with a Fitbit, so I try to get at least ten thousand steps in a day. That's good. So I'm trying to stay consistent, is it? So to stay consistent, my goal is in the end is to obviously to try to keep losing like fat and to just get like lean. I want to be like a lean person. You'd be like an Instagram model? No, not like all that extreme. I mean, I mean, it might be cool to see what that feels like for a while, but 
I don't know. Like, I, I, like I don't want to be that vain. I don't want to be that vain of like all into myself. Like, There's money in it. It could be cool, and it could be cool. You know, such a millenni- millennial thing influencer. to do. Maybe you can start an OnlyFans. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> that has blown up. Apparently, yeah. There's, because of the quarantine. I see, ch- I see, I see, I see girls all over starting OnlyFans and guys. Yeah, it's the wide majority. I mean. Are there any girls out there paying for OnlyFans? You got to be one good-looking dude to have an OnlyFans, I think, or do some or do some weird niche thing, you know? <laughs> like some chicks might be into like 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 if you have like uh, you playing the guitar naked, like your pelvis looks like uh, John Lennon or something. <laughs> that would be quite a unique talent. <laughs> Imagine all <laughs> the OnlyFans. That's a horrible sight to imagine. Well, he would have turned 80 just uh, like recently. Really? Mm-hmm. And the guy who killed him uh, just got denied parole again. Oh, well, yeah. They're going to let out the guy who killed John Lennon. Yeah. No, they're not going to do that. No. That'd Come be, on, dude. Be very bad. Kill John Lennon. Not cool. Not cool, dude. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> who else did I see? Oh, yeah. You saw what happened today. Uh, oh, yeah. Eddie Van Halen. Not, not necessarily always my favorite band, but definitely a rock god. Yeah, God. I don't know. I never was into Van Halen. Yeah, I mean, we were like, we never really got into the hair metal thing, really. Yeah, it's not really my speed. Even Guns N' Roses. Like, I've had times in my life where I've lost my mind to, uh, <laughs> to take me to the jungle. Yeah, right. Yeah, actually, days. never mind. Guns N' Roses like, is the best you example. I can really get into that song, but it's not like I could really sit there and listen to it. In the cold November rain. <laughs> 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 Did you see South Park came out with a pandemic episode? Oh my god, yeah, I couldn't miss Those that. guys, man, they 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 will not go away. Yeah, they <laughs> And you saw what they did at the Den- the Denver uh, football game. Yep, all the oh my gosh, they literally had a, a whole stadium, I needed that. whole stadium I needed full that of South Park. <laughs> yeah, I really did. Needed it badly. Randy is one of my favorite cartoon characters. Integrity <laughs> week. Integrity. I lost my integrity. <laughs> Terrific. That that's ballsy though. That all that stuff like with Mickey Mouse and the and the whole thing. Like, man. Yeah. So, I thought it would be interesting. You know, we are broadcasting from Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are known for palm trees, um, key lime pie. Uh, <laughs> Where are you re- going with this? Retirees. Yeah. We are also known uh, for some very colorful uh, uh, characters. Um, usually uh, in the news, um, mm-hmm. usually uh, called Florida Man. Florida Man. It's you funny. Know? You know, I mean, I, I remember seeing all these memes about Florida Man. Yeah. And then when you go and look in the news, you see where it comes from. Yeah. It's always a headline. So it's Florida Man uh, shoots, you know, a humpback whale. Or and right. skins it. It's like it's like if you took the country and shook all the crazy, it just came down mm-hmm. here in Florida. Yeah, um, and a lot it, of kooks. There's there's crazy all over the country. I think it was Carlin who said, "When you're born, you get a ticket to the freak show. When you're born in America, you get a front row seat." I mean, we're a pretty crazy country, but yeah. uh, we have an overwhelming majority of of a lot of these crazy stories. So I thought I'd introduce a, a new uh, uh, topic slash segment here okay. called Florida. Florida. <laughs> yeah, that was better. That I'm was gonna better. put a sound effect. So these in uh these are stories based out of, out of here in Florida. I wish would get your feedback. Okay. This, is, this is actually something we talked about before. Um, so 
In Lehigh Acres, uh, there was a criminal complaint that a deputy responded shortly after 2 p.m. where two men... Is this recent? These are all recent. These like last couple of days? Not days, but like a couple of months. Okay. Like, you need to go back right. a little bit. But they're, they're, right. they're all definitely the last three, three months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there was a fight between a man and his cousin between what's better, whole or almond milk? <laughs> the verbal argument became physical when uh, the man became enraged at the victim for disagreeing with him. These are the sorts of things that happen when we're locked inside our house. <laughs> Talk about being on edge. And you when know? you're a Florida man and you are, you, you're you going through the cigarettes, you're going <laughs> through the bottles, you're going through the, you know what I mean? You're trapped inside your but I, I, house, I think, which is probably not very big. Yeah, I mean, the guy, he said, proceeded to punch the victim uh, with a closed fist uh, on the side of the forehead. But so, you got I mean, a thing like that, it's not about milk. It was never about milk. <laughs> That's good. But, but we've had this discussion before. I know where you stand. I mean, you're a whole milk guy. No, I mean, I, I like almond milk. But for me, I can really only do it in a smoothie or with cereal. Okay. It ruins, it ruins coffee. Okay, and I, don't, I never mix it with coffee. And I don't like it just on its own. But right. in cereal, can't tell. And a smoothie, can't tell a difference. Oh, all right. You know, I, I, I'm becoming an almond guy. Have you ever tried almond butter? Uh, no. I Dude. think that that's more of an expense thing for me. It's yeah, kind of, it is kind of expensive. I used to go through the butter with the cooking and... Yeah, yeah, but no, if it's like it's like peanut butter, but with almonds, like almond oh, butter. Oh, yeah, that's wildly expensive. It's like $12 for a little I jar. Know, but it's good, though. It's really good, though. Mm. Very nice. Sure it is. Good, good too, too rich for my blood. Good source of saturated fats. But yeah, so people on edge out there, I mean, gosh, get the police called <laughs> whole or almond milk. It's, it's not about the milk. <laughs> it's never about the milk. Uh, this one's semi-mild, but there's a, a Florida man who's suing McDonald's after he allegedly uh, chipped a tooth on a chicken McNugget. <laughs> um. So he's suing McDonald's for over a million dollars. Because uh, he allegedly bit into a chicken nugget. Uh, he said he felt pain in his mouth and suffered for a headache for three days. Um, well, that's and he discovered his bullshit. tooth was cracked in two places and re- would require surgery. I would say I would need to see the hard part of the nugget. <laughs> because... I would say it's overwhelmingly possible that he cracked his tooth on something else and decided that he would just get money from McDonald's for it. You need some type of basis. So if you're going to go forward with a lawsuit, especially if there's a lawyer who's going to take the case, you know, because how many crazy people have showed up in a lawyer's office and said, I burnt my tongue on coffee. If you possess the nugget with With the hard piece in it, you're a millionaire. You're getting a million dollars (laughs) in a second. But if you can't produce that nugget, I think you better take a walk. (laughs) Either way, you know, the nuggets, you know... Nuggets shouldn't be have a hard thing in it, for I'm, sure. I'm sure if we went to a, the factory where they make the nuggets, we might not ever eat them again, possibly. Wait, have you you saw the pink... I you don't saw need the, to go to the but have you saw factory. The, the, I know what's in there. Have you, but if you saw the pink sludge thing that they make... Anyways, yeah. it's not No bueno. No bueno. They make the McChicken. Like, a McChicken is basically a big chicken. At nut. least it's real chicken, though. The future thing in all of these dystopian yeah. novels that I read is... That they're gonna find a way to grow meat in a yeah, lab. Yeah, they've already done it. Yeah, so it's gonna. There's gonna come a Doesn't point where good. you won't really like real meat will be a rare and expensive thing. Like you'll have grown meat. Well, we're already seeing the future of like this plant-based stuff where they like 
mash a bunch of stuff together. Right, but that's not meat. I know. I mean, I, they're actually growing like meat, like real meat. But I'm saying the future is more or less taking like organic compounds, things like like a, like a gruel, and making it into shapes, like into little meal packets. You know what I mean? Like to feed millions of human beings. Mm. Anyways, that's very dystopian of us. Yeah. I love the dystopia. I, I go very deep into the... Don't go too far, dude. No, but I love it. It's like my thing. <laughs> like, I've read virtually every major dystopian novel in the last, you know, couple decades. We've been having... I can't a, get enough of it. We've been having a dystopian outlook you for know, a quite a... and Craig, Cormac McCarthy's The Road. I mean, even going back to The Stand. Even The Time Machine is a dystopian novel. Yeah, it is. Was one of the... I think... Stephen King's The Stand is one of the best novels ever written. And it's nice and long... Is that a recent fills one? Fills you up? No, it's from like the eighties, seventies, I think. Mm. But it rings true. Yeah, that's what's cool about dystopian novels is they're frequently um, immune from becoming aged because they uh, regard something that happened after like a nuclear blast or something that kills all the technology and all the. So it's like it doesn't matter. There's no cell phones anyway. Yeah, well, it seems as time goes on, I mean, even a lot of people go to the 1984 uh, Big Brother, and, you know, I mean, a lot of yeah. things are coming true, you know? What's your favorite genre of fiction? I'm a big fan of science fiction. Uh, if we're going into, like, the literary terms, um, there's, a, there's kind of a, a feel called naturalism mm-hmm. that is more or less, like, the natural world's desire is to like destroy mm-hmm. living things right? and life is a struggle. And it's like, there's a whole class that's like mostly from, uh, 1900, uh, to like 1975 of this, this block of literature. Um, but then it's science fiction for sure. Um, and then a lot of the classic, uh, American stuff. And then recently I've been getting into, if we're talking about fiction, that's kind of what I'm into. But I'm, I've been getting into like autobiographies. Mm, yeah, those are really yeah. interesting. The rock star bought a bought autobiographies right the now. The best one I read was um, two. Two have really stuck out for me. One was um, the the real one of Walt Disney, which is like super thick and really shines a lot of light on how that guy created Disney, which is by the skin of his teeth. With de- you know how much debt he got into trying to make Disney unbelievable and the other one was the uh charles schultz super cool guy the peanuts guy oh yeah i mean these are like barons of another time yeah exactly exactly yeah i mean it's so interesting to 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 read about people's lives i i think when people even write it themselves it's it's it for some reason it's like there's i've always wondered what it would be like to be a rock star so I'm mm-hmm. always interested in these bands that I've listened to. Like, I, like I, I told you, I read after you gave me you gave me Flea's autobiography for my birthday. Yeah, read that, was interested in it, and then I read Anthony Kiedis's the front man, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it was like a little bit monotonous. Like this guy's like, yeah, I partied. Oh yeah, then I went to you rehab a little bit more. Yeah, well, I went to rehab, then I relapsed, and, then and I had sex with, sex with a bunch of girls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it gets a little redundant, but it's a, it's it's still fascinating to me. Phil Lesh wrote a good book. 
I read Phil's book. It was good. I've read read Phil. Kreutzmann wrote a good I read book Kreutzmann's too. book. That was good too. I'm still finishing the main one, The Long Strange Trip. Oh, I love that. It's the best one ever. I'm getting towards the end of that. And then uh, I'm also want to read Rock Scully's Living with the Dead. That's oh, yeah. Good. I don't think I read that one. So that's supposedly a good one about his travels with the Grateful Dead. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like the science fiction too. Neil Stevenson is a favorite of mine. Um, you know what happened for me Kurt is I, Vonnegut. I was always yeah. Well, he, I was always really into the dystopian stuff, which he's got some read all the dystopian stuff, and then sort of phased out of it, and I started really getting into science fiction, which is very hopeful. Like a lot, some of some of it isn't, but a lot of science fiction is about looking forward into a bright and shining future on the hill where there's all these amazing things that are coming and that happen. And it's like very optimistic, very hopeful type of genre. A lot of times, a lot of times it's not, but, and so I bought, <laughs> I went on this shopping spree and I bought all these science fiction novels and then the coronavirus happened. And then I was in the middle of like tearing through them and the coronavirus happened. And then I just like all of a sudden, like couldn't get interested in it anymore because it was just like, it's hard to look into the future pos- positively when you're like in the mud. You know what I mean? And so then I just fell back into the dystopia. Like I just like, this is this I mean, is there's I overwhelmingly live. more dystopian science fiction than there is positive. I mean, not science fiction. I mean, when you're talking about like artificial intelligence taking over, like... Well, that sort of science. But I mean, science fiction, like the Thor... the Thor like fantasy. Thor novels. Yeah. Fantasy, yeah, science yeah, fiction. Fantasy, okay, I see what you're saying. It's about space travel and colonizing other planets and gates and yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we're merging, yeah, you know, kind of genres there. Dan, my friend, dance way. I and Phil are way into fantasy stuff. Yeah, they read all the Game of Thrones before all the. You know, the Game of Thrones novels are like not not in that it. good. I don't think like the, the impression that I got from them. Like when you read the Lord of the Rings novels. They're, they were novels. They were only meant to ever be novels. They're literary masterpieces. They're all they're enthralling. They're long. They're nuanced. They're complicated. And then when you read the those the novels of um, what is, what is it? Uh, or George R. 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 Martin. Martin. Yeah. They they read like they were created to be made into television. Like they read almost like a screenplay. Like yeah. they don't have the depth and the nuance th- that a, a literary work should have in my in my opinion. It's writing to a different world, man. And think about think about in Tolkien's world, it was all about literature. Mm-hmm. It's like that that was there was no hope of it turning into a movie right. back then. And people the thing is you could write a book back then that was a thousand pages long. And George Martin isn't wasting his time digressing about people's thoughts and motivations because he he's, he knows that there's no percentage in it. The point is the mediums have exactly that's a, that's a, that's a bigger point. The mediums have changed though. Of course, you could write a great literary masterpiece if it's great. Someone someone somewhere will read it and be recognized as somehow will find something. But if you're trying to create something that is read by a lot of people nowadays, it's got to be. Concise, yep. to the point, and full of act, full of action, and sex and death, sex, drugs, rock and roll. It's mm-hmm. the only way. 
these kids uh, more, they can't handle nothing anymore. They can't watch movies mm-hmm. longer than an hour and a half. I read the Lord of the Rings trilogy right when like Kindles were becoming a thing. Yeah. I read it on a Kindle, and I just thought it was so cool. Yeah, Kindles are cool. You got to like, now I've been reading it on my iPad a lot. I just found my Kindle after years, like it was in, buried in a room that I was cleaning out. And I was like, oh yeah, I have a Kindle. And I always prefer, I was like, oh, I prefer paper, like real books to, I was, I was, I I was, through a, that I was a purist. Yeah. yeah. But then I was like, whoa, actually the Kindle's pretty sweet. Like, well, you know what so did it for compact. me on the iPad is there's this app, it's called uh, Cloud Library, hmm. that's actually tied into the Charlotte County library system. So you log into it with your library card. And it has like basically every good novel that's out. Whoa! And you can borrow it, and you get it for two weeks, and then you can renew it a couple times, and you have to return it in the digital version. In the digital version, for free. It's got all new stuff. And but very like, cool. All the real new stuff, like Rage, the new book about Trump, and all this stuff. Like, right. You got to wait a while because people They're, are lined up to get it. For it. There's a lot. I mean, if, it's just like going to the library. Anything you would normally be able to find in the library, you can download. That is super cool. Very, is, very I never cool. knew that was available. Because that Kindle Unlimited Library, it, it doesn't have a lot of great titles in it. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, at least I'm grateful. You know, one thing I think this year has uh, really highlighted, because of all the flux and change and craziness and madness, it's like, I mean, you talked about like an appreciation, like some of the feelings of like tradition, like there's something about fall that starts a, or even, yeah, like we could say the holidays, the The holidays holidays. are all about tradition, but there's also things that coincide with it, like football. Mm -hmm. And it's this whole sensation of like, we do these things in this time and no matter what is happening, it's October and we have pumpkins and we have and it's Halloween, and there, there's on TV. There's 30 days of Halloween movies, and, right? You know, it's right, and it Beetlejuice goes, is on, and, and that goes all the way into the years. Mm-hmm. So I know that's it's it just always comes back to you, and I think it's, a, it a year is your heart. Up. A, a year like this is more. It's I feel essential. it. More. I am just jumping into this fall thing with yeah. all my might. Like, look at my house. Yeah, like, I'm literally <laughs> buying like love it home decor about fall. Dude, I am basic sorority white girl style. Like, yeah, I'm pumpkin, out of control. Pumpkin Me candles too. and Me too. pumpkin lattes and oh gosh, man. I'm getting really. I'm I'm going full on decorating for Halloween. I've been yeah. Well, you always making you, decorations. You threw a killer party last year. You guys are Halloween folks here. No doubts about it. Mm, yeah, I go I go big. For Halloween is my holiday because really? the way I look at it, in the rest of the country. Halloween is the holiday that marks the death of the year, basically. It's it's the end of things. It's the end of summer, it's the end of life. It's when all the trees have, are dying and dead and we're and we're beginning to hibernate and we're going into ourselves and we're going in through the long winter and we're we're harvesting all our crops and we're it's about death. And that's why it's a death-themed holiday. That's why it's all about skeletons and uh, witches and gravestones and blood and gore. And, hmm. But in Florida, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> We've been sitting in our houses for five, six, seven months because it's so goddamn hot outside. <laughs> like the, the summer is our winter. 
Yeah. Because it's yeah. like not nice outside. We don't hardly even do anything. It's too hot to move. You basically hunker down. Yeah. And then Halloween comes and it's like usually like there's a couple chilly days in October mm-hmm. and it starts to like be nice out again and mm-hmm. everybody comes back to visit and like our our petals World opens we open up. up again and yeah. like it's new life. So for me, Halloween is the shit because it's like it starts, yeah. It's not it's the year is starting. It's our life is starting again. It's not about death. It's about I life. I dig that. That's a good it's a good analysis there. I dig it. So I celebrate it as hard as I possibly can. Have you been watching football? Yeah. Been watching the Bucks. Bucks look pretty good. Mostly good. Yeah. I had to go to I had to go to work this last Sunday, so I missed the game. I recorded it. Yeah. And I just like it's not I did not enjoy watching a recorded football game at night. You didn't, no. even though you could fast forward through. Even everything. though I could fast, it just it didn't like not because you knew time. the score and stuff. I didn't know. I avoided the score. See, I think that would be cool. It's not okay. It's just, just like right. the magic is out. It was gone. Out <laughs> you need to watch it live. Also, the thing with football is usually it's for me. It's during the day, and it's like an excuse to not do anything during the day, and you just are hanging around. And you're making snacks and you're just chilling and you're like, I'm taking the day off. It's Sunday. I don't have to yeah, do it. yeah, yeah. And it's like three hours long, but like. When you've been working all day and you want to come home and you make dinner and like you sit down and just like really pay attention to like a three hour football game, it's just like, can't do it. Hey. No, it's hard. Not the same. I hear you. And it was a fantastic game. Fantastic game. Watch the highlights. It was out of control. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, like, five touchdowns. We're a completely different football team. Yeah. Yeah. Completely never looked like this. Right. It's exciting. And they play this Thursday night against the Chicago Bears. Oh, man. Last night I watched the Rays um, for a few. Few innings get annihilated by the. I Yankees. didn't see the annihilation. Ninth inning, grand yeah, slam. Just, man, <laughs> but I'll be watching it again. This tonight. is a weird year for baseball. Weird Very because weird year for no matter everything. no matter who wins. Because but the thing is, like for the hockey, Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. Woo! Stanley Cup and Tampa. Get it. Get it. Woo! One of the coolest trophies in all sports, the Stanley Cup. There's something Cup. about that that. But but you see, that's a pure thing because they played pretty much a full season, and they play. I know they didn't have crowds, but they played a full regular playoffs. It's like a legit championship, right? But like a 60 game baseball season, this weird playoff well, and, format. And it's weird. They were just so perfectly cr- like the the way that the Rays are organized is perfect for this type of scenario because of how deep their bullpen is, and they're just like made for this like this was their time let's see i don't know with the pro the thing about baseball is like they if you struggle to score runs then your pitching has to be good there's no other choice well the problem with this playoff game these playoff games is that that only works that that advantage only works for them when there's days off because they they put their bullpen in after three innings but when it's five games in a row their openers have to go at least five, six innings into the game because they can't afford to use up all their guys in the bullpen. So they're not it's playing a strategy like thing for sure. It's a whole, strategy whole thing. Year. Yeah, yeah. But, but I love my Rays. See, like the, the Lightning, I used to go to a lot of the games with my dad when I was a kid when it was like cheap. Yeah. <laughs> no one cared. No. But uh, the Rays, I just always follow and I watch them on TV and I love them. But I haven't really watched. It's hard for me to watch hockey on TV. I don't understand it enough. It's like basketball. Like I don't I mean, I understand see, it, but it, like it's, Ryan Nolan can watch a basketball game, and it's a totally different story because he plays basketball and he understands the mechanics of, yeah. of the plays that they're putting together and what's happening. I don't understand. Like I watch hockey, and the guys calling the game and going, "Oh, driving on the outside." Blah, 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 what the? But at the at the about? base root of it, it's the guy shoots the puck and goes in the net. I mean, it's a pretty basic thing. Yeah, but if you watch it 
only having that, it's not interesting. It's a game just like it, it to me has perfect parallels to soccer because it's a game of built up tension. Right, but even you, with soccer, soccer, if you know intimately the game of soccer, you're watching all these little things happen that they're doing. Yeah, I guess so. It's just like if you watch football, you understand all the little things that are happening. That's why you have this analytical mind that has to like know what's happening. Right, it's like watching. It's in like the watching four year olds it's play very ca- it's, soccer where they it's just very run cave, around chasing the very ball. Very caveman. My team blue. Their team red. <laughs> well, that's My why team it's hit, great to go to the hit game. Piece of rubber in net. That's why, like a hockey game, it's super fun to go to a hockey game because then you're cheering and you're <laughs> drinking Canadian beer. <laughs> Canadian beer. <laughs> But I can't watch it on TV as hard as I try. I think I watched one period of the whole Stanley Cup playoff games. Yeah. No, I, I saw I saw the, the Stanley Cup final for sure. I love yeah. to go to the games though. Yeah. I had it when I was a kid, I had a lightning jersey signed by all the guys and we used to they used to sell these uh, packages where you could get like ten tickets. So it was like a sort of a partial season ticket thing. Yeah, and I remember my dad got seats on the glass. Oh, that's sweet. like not that much. Yeah, and we would go and we would just that's have cool. a great time. Yeah, super cool. I got like pucks and like tape that they would throw up over the thing and like all kinds of little knickknacks. Yep, yep. I mean, it's. Uh, I wonder when they. Were, I guess they're. You said they're letting people in now to watch games and stuff. Sooner or later, we'll. Well, in football. Yeah, my cool. dad. Cause my dad has season oh, tickets yeah. to the Bucks, and he just got. Uh, he got tickets to the Kansas City, uh, game. See Mahomes. And he got tickets to um, the Packers. No, <sighs> nope. Kansas City and um, dude, that's a great game. Tan- uh, Atlanta. That's the Kansas City one's elite level. Yeah. Wow, it's cool. gonna be good. Cool. How many? But then it's like, yeah. You know what they're worth? Five hundred bucks. Because he got them because he has season tickets. Like three to five hundred bucks. Like possibly in the in thousands. God, that's because there's only freaking how many tickets? Right. Right. You know. So it's like, so you now you're like, do I go or do I sell them? Yeah. You know? I would probably, I mean, I'd probably sell them. A couple grand a couple grand. I was going to say. I Pays go, for your whole next year's season ticket. you go to some sports bar outside of the stadium, it's like raging. It would be like, super cool and fun to go to it. Well, actually, to be, yeah, to be the one that. There's no, you can spread out. There's nobody for 10 feet on either side. That of might you, be cool, legs man. That might super be, cool. Sorry, yeah. Well, anyways, but a couple grand is super cool too. I guess such are the questions of our yes, life. Uh, questions of our time. I think your pops will end up going. You know, I think so too. Yeah. What's, what's a couple grand? He really there? likes. He really likes the Kansas City too. He always. He always uh, thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl. Well, they look really good. Apparently, Mahomes is like some Superman. He's the highest paid athlete in the NFL. Twelve year contract. Five hundred million dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> a half a billion dollars. Half a billion dollars to throw this thing around. So doing the math, it's like forty-five million dollars a year to play to play football. And what is he like twenty? Not counting four or something. Yeah, not 20, even? I think that twenty-four, and not even counting his endorsements. He just he so he 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 signed the contract. You know what he did? He signed the contract. You know what the first thing he did? He bought part ownership stake in the Royals, Kansas City Royals. Smart guy, I guess. <laughs> and here we have teachers making thirty-five grand a year. Much bullshit is what it is. <laughs> so what what we value that? There's this really interesting um, video that I watched of Warren Buffett talking about. 
uh, capitalism about how we have this certain system that values certain traits. Well, if it makes money, it's valuable. Right, but if it makes money in our system, it's valuable. Like in the way that we value things. Like there are people, like for example, nurses, who are not um, suited to make a lot of money in the system that we have. Like they're they're good at being nurses. Like they're good at taking care of people and they have like these really valuable traits that we need, but they're not the traits that we heavily reward. So his point was that it, the onus falls upon us to make sure that we take we make sure that the people who have those traits that are not highly rewarded but that are highly necessary are are well taken care of for what they for the essential things that they do for our society. Hmm. So probably butchering that, but well, I'm thinking it's like I mean. <clears throat> When you look at someone, like you said, like an essential worker, like a nurse. A nurse or a teacher. That like we have to compensate are, them at a level that keeps them... In good shape. Right. Which we, because, gen- because, which we generally... Because the, capital, the capitalist system, while it, it's, it's good and it works, it doesn't, doesn't heavily reward certain... Uh, right. things that people are good at mostly but it does mostly service like public service sector the the um the example he used was mike tyson mm-hmm. right like it heavily rewards mike tyson because he's good at beating the shit out of people but he but not just because be, him doing that generates money for a lot of people right but he's his point was that we need to make sure that enough of that money that's generated by our system of values rewarding that is funneled to those people who are not well suited to be rewarded well, that, in our my system. friend is called taxes <laughs> i mean yeah basically but that's a slippery slope because now you're like oh god damn it that's socialism because <laughs> it kind of is <laughs> sorry just, you sorry to, to tell you we got we got little bits of socialism here a little bit it's, a, mean, it's this big bubbling witch's brew mean, of of policy that that keeps this li- big little juggernaut of a little bit going. of socialism keeps us glued together. I don't think it's such a bad thing. I just don't want to end up like the USSR and waiting in line for toilet paper for <laughs> a day. All we need is a virus for that. Yeah, that didn't take long. <laughs> well, Lottie Dobby, freaking Dobby. <laughs> I wish Chris Farley was still alive so hard. Yeah, man, drugs are bad. Mm. I heard I've, those I've, drugs. I've heard so many stories. In those quantities. I've heard so and, many stories about with him. Those cheeseburgers and that's what I'm saying. But I've heard so many stories about him and cocaine, mm-hmm. and just like like out of like I, you could tell by the way the guy is. But well, his whole thing was Belushi. In which Belushi was the same. Belushi was like like the pioneer of getting so loaded that you die, but being hilarious in the process. Like Chris Farley, Belushi was Chris Farley's like hero. Like somebody told him, uh, I think I heard a story where somebody told him like, you're going to die. You're going to end up like Belushi if you keep doing this. And he was like, dude, Belushi is my hero. 
Don't you understand that? Like that was his whole thing. Yeah, like, I don't know. He it's was aware. Sad of it. though. It's just more or less. It, it, like uh, you know, he's a, uh, he, he left a legacy, no doubt. Like they leave legacies. But when think about it, when you I'll become what? I, if I might interrupt you real quick, What's that? going back to what we were talking about with the autobiographies, yeah. Woodward, you know the guy who the the deep throat yeah. thing. He wrote a biography of Belushi. It's out of control. Good. Ooh, I'll read you that. gotta check it out. Yeah, it's in the library. But when when you become this party guy, right? Like the national party guy, like, like after Animal House, like brr, you did yeah, the right, whole thing. Yeah. Now everywhere you that's go that's what you're expected to do all the time. Everywhere. So now you go to a bar and there's thirty dudes there who are like, Belushi, hey, I got it, I got this, I yep. got that, let's do it together. And when you're an addict or you're in that situation, you get deep. Well, in, part of it is now you can't stop self-image. Like I just saw this video of the other day, and it was um, Kevin from The Office, the I, actor who plays Kevin from The Office. You know that portly gentleman. I'm not a huge Office guy, but yeah, okay, yeah, that guy. I know him. Right, and he's kind of a joke, right? The, like the character yeah, is, mm-hmm. is this big dopey, mm-hmm. right? And he's at a bar, and everybody is just crowded around him, a hundred people just screaming funny stuff from the show like let's spill the chili and he's just like you can see him and he's just going what's everybody drinking (laughs) you know what i mean because that's the only way that you can get the crowd on your side yeah yeah like they're literally bullying you like they're making fun of your of you and the only way that you can turn that around is to party harder than them yeah. I mean, that's not the only way, but it's the easiest Or like way. get them off on it. Like right, get, get the right. moment like off. Go and say now. That, like signal that you're in on the joke. Right. But when and you're, the only way to do that at a bar or at a nightclub is to, is to get loaded. Well, there's and there's probably times that's really fun and you're like, yeah, this is cool. I'm famous. Everyone then, loves but me. But then, and then at the end of it, like, and you're just like, <sighs> I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want, I, I just want to like go have a steak and be the relaxed. The thing that kills me with somebody like Belushi or like Farley though, is that like, you have a lot of money because of all these movies that you made. Like, they do. I mean, the guy made, like, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, Almost Heroes. I think they spent a lot of money, too. They spent a lot of money, but you could easily have got on a first-class ticket on a nice plane and got yourself, like, a nice place on the Pacific in Mexico and got yourself a a cook and and a house cleaner and just went down there and just, like, soaked up the like the natural healthy world and ate good and like went down on the beach and went for walks every day like why didn't you just check out for a minute and go and go and find your 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 center well i think once you're in the addictive cycle uh there's a, there's got to be some sort of internal like there, there someone like belushi and farley at some point you know you're in trouble like there's there's a moment where it's not a party anymore. Mm-hmm. Now it's you and the substance, and they were speedballing, by the way. Yeah. So it's which and I mean, now also you're talking about heavily addictive drugs as well, heavily which has a lot to do with addictive it. drugs. So and then at that point, unless there's a spark inside that goes, I w- want to live a better life, and the only the thing is, they come to the realization is the only way to live that better life is is to stop everything. Yeah, no, you got to completely check out of the whole thing. And and, and, that, now, and, and now, now now you're just to do that. Now you're just a heavy guy. And to do you don't that, have that, and s- it's been proven over time to do that by yourself alone is really hard. Yeah, but it, that's I, why. I re- but that's why re- money, rehab exists. Mon- 
Rehab would be the only way, dude. You can fly out to Hawaii and go to the most posh, like right. sweet. That's rehab what people place do. There is. That's what I talk about. Key is his book. He goes to rehab like six hundred times. Oh yeah. He's like, yep, I screw up. I go to rehab, and he does exactly what you're talking about in his book. He says, you know, at times when he was starting to lose it, he'd like go to Mexico, right? Go to some place, just but go and dry he'd out. He'd always, but he'd always like the thing is, unless you get, but to it's the, like the thing that we were talking about earlier with the health. Yeah. If you're doing that, it's not ideal. But it keeps you from going over the edge. It's like uh, Keith Richards. I don't know if you, did you ever read Keith Richards. No, I heard his is good though. He just like willfully goes through withdrawal like all the time Ooh. and then just goes back to heroin just because he knows that he's just going to do it for a little while and then have this miserable episode of like shaky withdrawal. Like, but he just. He goes back and forth. The fucking guy can't be killed. Yeah, that's crazy. You know what I mean? He's like 80 or something. He's that, out of control. That's like, crazy. But the same with Anthony Kiedis. Like, as long as you can balance yourself somehow. Yeah. Like, like Farley didn't. Like, he just never. Right. He Like, okay, maybe it's two step forward, one step back. He never took one step back. Well, like you said, both guys were both overweight. And both Belushi and, and they, him, all they wanted to do dude, was all that get stress, a rise out of people. All that stress on the heart, all, yeah. over time, dude. Like your body can only take so much, mm-hmm. and there comes a point where your body goes, and "I'm done." You're it about just takes that when you start shutting down, but if you but know it just that hard. It just takes that that one too many, and that, and there's a moment there's like and there's no one there around you. Like for example, if 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 what they did, like Farley Farley died alone in his apartment. You know what I mean? It was a hotel. Oh, whatever. He died. He was alone. And so, but if that happened around someone, maybe say, oh, call the police ambulance. They could revive him, you know, get him back. But if you don't have anyone there, no one there to catch you. Another lovely uh, topic on aging millennials, dystopian futures. It's it's life. Yeah, dude. I mean, we see it among our friends. Oh, yeah. This shit happens. Oh, yeah. It's a dark, it can be a dark world. Can be a light, happy, very. I personally have world. never met anyone who did heroin. I probably have and didn't know it, but that's one. That's one that I've never been around. Yeah. Um, Maybe we just didn't run in those crowds, which is good. Yeah, you know, it's uh, well, it's tough too now because you have all this synthetic heroin going around too. Yeah, fentanyl and people taking pills and which is less like you know what I mean? A junkie is fairly easy to spot. You know, they got track marks on their arm and they're all strung out. You see, you think you think that, but 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 I know what you're talking about, the extreme version of the people who are scratching themselves and all freaking out, but there's a lot of functional opiate addicts out in the world. Oh yeah. They're among us. Yeah. Same with people like smoking crack cocaine. And stuff like that. Yeah, they get like mayors and stuff. That's you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like the, the the mayor of Toronto. It's yeah. it's 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 all pervasive, my friend. It's amazing what people can can how high people can function, and what and with the, what they're dealing with. But the only the only way is uh, it starts with the individual. If they don't want to get better, they will not, uh, and they'll just keep going back and doing the same thing. Like Keith Richards, like. Some people want to live that life. Some people just want to stay on the, like, like, like you said. I think some people make that conscious decision, which is their choice. Like they, some people clean up and they go, "I know what I'm about to do is going to start a roller coaster, and that it's going to be horrible on the way down." But they're bored. 
<laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a one way to fill your time. Yeah. But, but anyways, they know that they know the journey that. But that's that's the mis- That's kind of the the folly of addiction in general. But. Well, what do you say? You want to take a break? Yeah. Right, let's do it. Has dating in the modern world got you down? Are you a swiping mess on the same old dating apps? A swiping to left, a swiping to right, in a never-ending cycle? Another grainy picture of a guy holding up a fishy caught? Another woman filtered at a tricky angle? You give them a chance until a deal breaker inevitably comes to the surface. We all have deal breakers, but we rarely talk about them. The fear of rejection is real, my friends. Withholding important information has become the norm. I mean, who wants people to know they have armpits that smell like onions? Or about that felony you picked up in Albuquerque? Or that you think Nickelback is actually a pretty good band? Introducing the hottest new dating service, Baggage First. At Baggage First, our clients live in the truth right from the jump. Unemployed and play video games all day? Own it. Wear more makeup than a drag queen? Own it. Getting it out of the way is such a relief. Just listen to these client testimonials. I like to post pictures of my fancy vacations and show that I'm living my best life. In reality, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. I only got three toes on my left foot, and I like to dress in women's underwear. I'm looking to date a woman, but my father was a Marine and I'm actually gay. I like getting defecated pawn. On the surface, I'm quite a gentleman, but actually, deep down inside, I'm a complete misogynist. Here at Baggage First, we understand everybody has weird little kinks. Why should you jump through hoops, spend money on dates, and invest your hard-earned social capital only to find out that your potential partner views yours as a deal-breaker? Wash away the shame and sign up for a free month and see what all the fuss is about. Just enter promo code Funky Butt at baggagefirst.com. I want to go to Janice. Janice. Well, miss it. We have uh, we still have tickets to Dark Star Orchestra. Well, I looked at Janice's website today and like everything. There's nothing. They're closed. Like nothing's happening. So even if it got pushed to December, December. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, December is not that far away. Yeah, it's a couple months. Yeah, no, the uh, large groups, that's just not happening, dude. It's going to be, I, we have to accept, uh, it's a, it's a, I, actually, I think after, like I said, it's been seven months of it, and now that's, we're feeling the fatigue of like, mm. oh, this is real. But it's going to be a couple years, and that's tough. Dude. I don't think it's going to be a couple years, man. First, they have to, uh, to what, what, what makes something like this go away? The vaccine. That's it. Then okay. it's off. It's va- done. So the vaccine is finally finished, let's say, in this spring. Mm, the vaccine is finished in January. Okay, best case. It's finished in January. They still have to manufacture millions of doses. And now they have to send those millions of doses out, and the people have to go take it, which will have another round of, which I guess, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be jumping at the bit to get it. I think it's going to be a lot sooner than you think. I think it's going to be like even around Christmas. 
It's going to be starting to be. Back Look, I don't want it to go because longer, dude. Don't I don't want this to go longer. I'm to, trying to, to be realistic. Normal, I'm trying to be realistic. Need, they don't need millions of doses to get us back to normal. They need enough doses for the most at-risk people before yeah. we can get back to normal. Once they have enough doses for the like the over eighty year olds I and hope the so. people with serious underlying conditions, I hope then so. we can get back to normal. I hope so. I hope so, man. You know, uh, I don't know. I, you start talking about years, my heart starts pumping. Okay, I can't, do, <laughs> I can't do it. Can't do can't it. Can't do this for years. Not, we're all in uncharted territory every day. Is all I can say is that even our parents. I, when I, I I go around sometimes, and even people at work or even even the older folks, and you see this look in their eye, like, dude, like this is also new for us. Like this has not happened in our life. Like yeah. this is. Uncharted territory we had a of life. Sweet, soft time of it for like a pretty <laughs> long time. When, what was the last bit thing, thing? Big thing was like the Vietnam draft. Probably really was the last nine like, eleven. Yeah, but even nine eleven didn't really affect everyone. Like, it was a crazy few days when we were all glued to the TV, and then like you had to yeah. take your shoes off when you were getting on a plane. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. No, like Vietnam, was and the government like started reading our emails. The late 60s was the first time, like, tumult, like, well, not the first, but, like, the last The tu- last, tumultuous like, really tumultuous time. period. The civil rights stuff, the Martin Luther King All assassination. That. Right, it's very, a lot of parallels that. Like, that period, and then before that, it was World War II, then it was World War One and Prohibition, and the Spanish right. flu, and then, like, the freaking uh, uh, Civil War right before that, and then before that, there were, like, there yeah. was all these, like, spread go out back. Things. But it's been probably the longest period of time, maybe since the founding of our country. So we were due, man. Yeah, we were, we're due. due for it. And I guess it could have been worse. And yeah. if it's not over, if we don't like we said in the beginning, if, we, if there isn't like a major conflict on the horizon, which there, there. I hope not, there isn't. But I mean, all the you can't get ammunition anywhere. <laughs> you literally can't. Everywhere is sold out of ammunition. All right, let's face the enemy. Okay, let's let's. We like to look into the darkness. Let's look into the darkness. Here is the only perceptible way in my mind that there's any type of armed conflict in the streets. And that is, in the election, we have a ton of mail-in ballots, and there's all sorts of weird manipulating going on in there with speculative stories, real stories. Both parties claim victory. Or one claims victory and other claims t- tampering, and, and there's That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm saying it's like whatever the result is is, is contentious enough that the, this would be the pro-Trump people, the extreme pro-Trump people get so mad. They go on, there's, this is how it starts. Let me tell you my mind first. Mm-hmm. They go on these, this, they'll call them marches, like where, like just like the Black Lives Matter people did, they'll go on marches, except their marches will probably be open carry marches, where we're going we're gonna to, our Second Amendment rights, Biden's going to take it from us, and they'll go out on the streets. At the same time, you know, the Antifa people and the and the, the agitators see it as an opportunity and jump in in that moment to go, we're going to throw the match into the powder keg. The only difference is, and I don't I don't mean anything by this, but most of the Trump like hardcore Trump people are working <laughs> I don't I don't mean anything like I don't mean to imply anything bad by this but most of the of the black lives matter and the antifa people and all that those are those are people who are like marginalized and are like out of work 
Right. Like people, that's, I think, one part of the reason that all of these marches have had so much like participation. Which is why I think it won't happen. Is, is I'm saying people still have to like, people still like need to go to work and need to pay their mortgage, need to keep right. like living. Right. So in the end, if we're going to accept whatever result I think is going to come out of it, and trust me, the week leading up to the 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 election day is going to be crazy, because there's going to be all sorts of like tension. There's going to be guarding of the po- the the polling places. There's going to be like all sorts of weirdness with the the post office and the and the ballots getting mailed in and all sorts. And then of- the, the election night will have no result, and it's going to be a huge mess. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to take a couple. Of, it's a matter like I saw it the other day. I forget where it was, but there was a clash. There was a Trump uh, thing event, and then there was a Black Lives Matter picnic or something across town. And they literally like one of them marched at the other one, right? And they got into a big That's... fight, and there were tasers and guns and stuff. And that was one little isolated blow up. But if this. If that starts, if once the election becomes contested, if you start seeing that happening more and more popping yeah. up around, that could potentially grow. Now, if, and by the way, this is why I say Trump doesn't help all this whole situation because he's such an inflammatory person who, lo- and I understand he's got his reasons and he's so picked on and he's so victimized and everyone hates me, whatever. But if he wins free and clear again and he, he wins his second term, Without, I don't know, he just wins, you know, say, and that's the result. I don't know if there, there will be a period of unrest of people who are upset. And, <laughs> yeah, I think that's an and just like we just saw, it's not like we haven't just been through it, you know, and now, now with that kind of unrest, say it turns into like what happened back in May and, and June, now he'll be more apt to throw the National Guard, whoever, to, to calm us all down. It's going to be a period of that. But, in that in his in the next term you will see a counter of like a, a, a resistance yeah like, and it will be prolonged and sustained like we haven't to... seen since like nixon like well but nixon it didn't even really get to the point of violence i'm talking the people who are opposed to trump will not take a day off and will spend 4 years like marching on uh, Washington, D.C. and creating havoc. Like, he is... But that's what happens when you're such an inflammatory person. He has no diplomacy in his heart and soul. There's He has no ability to view as as an objective leader. I don't know if he is as as inflammatory as he's he made He doesn't even know how inflammatory he is. He doesn't care. He, he he thinks in his mind and heart, I think that he has the best interest of America. And it, you know, I think so too. And I think he does in his mind. In his mind, but but above that is protecting protecting his image, protecting his ego, protecting the way that people perceive him. What what it what has been disheartening to me is that I f- have felt lately like if you back Trump, you love America, and if you and if you like don't back Trump, then like it feels to me that if you put like the other day at my store, I put like an American flag in the window. Like I had an American flag mask and I put it on one of the mannequins in the store. And I was like, cause I'm patriotic and I love America. And like, 
I support us and I think our system is good and I'm like, I'm on board and I'm a, I'm a patriotic American. And I sort of got the feeling after I put it in the window that I was like signaling like that I'm like pro-Trump. I sort of feel like if you go around and you have an American flag. Ugh, I don't know if we'll go that far. But that's what it feels like. That's how I feel. Well, what you're touching on has happened in all... This is how it gets painted every time. Is is There's two extremes again. Like, all, all... I think what a lot of people on the other side will call it Democrats, a lot of say is, we can still love our country and criticize it and want to change it at the same time. But I and, sort of and feel sometimes, like that's some, not Sometimes it the most patriotic thing you can do is criticize your way you're running your country in order, oh, I agree with in, order that. in order to prolong its, but have its you seen, viability. Have you seen in all of these Black Lives Matter or Antifa or or even Democratic political rallies? American flags? I don't know. There's got to be an American flag. I, look at every Black Lives Matter rally. I have not seen a single American flag. I will agree with you. It is the party of self that They uh, should of, have more American flags it than It is anybody. the party. It has become... It's definitely the holding place for... It's the, like, becoming... Anti-American. That's what I'm saying. It's becoming the party of, like, well, America is inherently racist and, and uh, wrong. But there has to be a bridge between the gap of there are inherently racist things that go on. Of course, but that doesn't like you also got to. We realize need to be aware of them and change them. America is the country that stopped slavery. You realize that, like every major civilization going back to the Greeks, has had slaves. America is the country that stopped it. And and yet we're like we're trying stopped to, it we're, we're with, tr we cover up our past because we're ashamed of stopped it. Stopped it with the bloodiest war uh, in our in our of, country's of history. How it came about, with we stopped it. Half of the country after that war still resisting the change. Just because you stop slavery doesn't mean all of a sudden that everything's hunky dory and everyone's wonderful. No, but it means it's that that's like not, not a great thing that you're part of the civilization that ended slavery. I mean, you shouldn't enough. be proud of that. But is that like we don't we don't unite under a Confederate flag? We unite under an American flag. We unite under the North. I totally flag. get what you're saying, dude. It's it's a fundamental pride in in where you came from and but in where you're going in a sense. So, I agree that there's the the Democratic Party sometimes is not able to look at the bigger picture and say, listen. We've come from a long history in America of struggle, conflict, f towards the pursuit of a greater society, human right. society. Right. That that not, not depend. No matter who you are, what color you are, you have a chance to live a good life, be treated fairly and respect. There's definitely a big faction who we granted women the right to vote. We granted blacks the right to vote. Like we have done Everyone these the right amazing right. We've we've accomplished. America has accomplished these things. Let us not lose sight of that mm, mm. and be ashamed of who we are. Well, in my opinion, this is what happens when you have personal extreme egocentric personalities in, in the top leadership position. You know, I, I I personally right now I'm craving a vanilla bland very calm politician that does not make I a just, lot of noise. I don't like 
I am very concerned, like with the Second Amendment. Like I, I think that Americans have a right to bear arms. Like I don't think you should. No one is going to. There are a few. There are a few. Take issues. away the the right, dude. That will be a civil war. You know it too. We cannot take away guns. People will not go for it. It will not happen. Won't happen. Well, I'm not saying it. It's like unless you want a war, and then it'll happen. A lot of people want a war. <laughs> That's where I disagree with you. We're not a we're not w- warring. It looks like that. It looks that way. We're all not the, all the mar. You know, we're not a war, dude. The only people who can who can operate in a war are people who are trained, like military people. So as long as the military is faithful to the country and our national guard, our army, our as long as those people, there's no but, chance. But the military is interesting. Because the military is made up of your your army and your navy uh, and your air force and your space force, which are trained and deployed globally overseas. And by and large, they're busy doing essential stuff around the world. The, the main body of the soldiers that would fight in a domestic war are National Guardsmen. And National Guardsmen belong to each state. They don't belong to the federal government. So this is the reason that Trump didn't send in the National Guard to Portland, because Oregon won't have it. Oregon won't use their National Guard to to put down the protest because they're behind the protest. So when you say... If you say the 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 troops would ha- would have to be loyal to the federal government, that's not really the case. The the troops are loyal to wherever their state would fall in a domestic conflict. So you could have a situation where you would have national guard troops from different states fighting against each other. I mean, that's essentially what happened in the Civil War. Yeah, but see, I think this is where we take it to the fantastical because we're just you got to look at the root who are we talking about when we're talking about the civilian population here in America? These are all, these are not, we're not, and there's some people out there, of course, they're rough, tough people who got, especially in the South. A lot of these people are armed to the teeth (laughs) and ready to go. It's true. Who are they fighting against? The people that, so what, what are they? There has to be some type of action. There's gotta be something like that. There's a, a, the FBI is coming to take their guns and we have like Waco and, and Ruby Ridge and yeah, who you knows? Know, you know what I mean? There's got to be some type of of, of oppressive force. It seems force. to me the most the most likely scenario is a situation where California, Oregon, and Washington attempt to secede. That would be interesting. It's entirely possible. Secede from the union. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what happened in the Civil War. We'll call on it on the other end of it. Cal-o-ra-shington. <laughs> Cal-o-shington. Cal-o-shington. The Cal Because they don't like want like California and Oregon and Washington are super duper liberal 
Democratic. They want nothing to do with four more years of a Trump presidency. They won't follow. Talk, there would be. The, the, you're right. There would be talks of this. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> All right, it's stressing me out, man. It, but that's why I told you. It's like we are. We are now like a reality show of every day. I don't know if it's always been like that. I didn't notice it, but now it's like every day I wake up and I like. I'm like the damn coronavirus. This mail-in ballot thing is not just the coronavirus. The 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 problem. Coronavirus like on both sides. The coronavirus like set fire to the underbrush of of all the. All the it madness. definitely exposed our weakness. Well, our weaknesses. We don't handle stress very well as a country. <laughs> but you know what? I was thinking about this the other day that, like, when 9 11 happened, I feel like the outpouring of patriotism and this sort of feeling of brotherhood that happened after 9 11 was profound. Like, yeah. everybody was like putting up American flags and was like Team America and like. It brought us together. Because we had an enemy, a unified enemy. But I feel like maybe the reason that that happened is because our society at that time was healthier. Like, I feel like this coronavirus is sort of just like 9-11, except that we were already unhealthy as a society because of all of the issues that we have. And it all it did was expose the problems that we have instead of uniting us. Like, if the coronavirus had happened in 2001, maybe it would have united us instead of divided us, like 9-11 did. And if 9-11 had happened now, maybe it would tear us apart. Seems to be a perfect storm, dude. It's the perfect storm, you know? I feel like it's a raining, mm. you know? I just want to, like, watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Well, that's canceled. Like, I just want to go back to life. That's canceled. It's life. It's all canceled. Stay at home. Watch movies. I wonder what they're going to do. Like, because you know they're going to have to do something in lieu of the Macy's Day Parade. Like, they're going to have to have something for everyone We're to floating watch. balloons in the park. <laughs> It'll be good enough. We're giving free turkeys. I mean, that would go a long way. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> Dude, it, well, how many turkeys are on? Gosh, there's like turkeys alive right you now. You know what's funny? There's turkeys living right now that are like millions of turkeys oh, somewhere of turkeys. that will look. That's well, like, I think I've said it on here before, but like how many, how many pigs a Tyson factory kills in a day? <laughs> it's like 20,000 pigs. Gosh. You know, I was zoning That's out. so many pigs. I was zoning out the other day thinking about chicken wings, man. Like, like, <laughs> you know, how many so chicken wings are consumed every year. I'm thinking, wait a second. There's the chicken wings that are at the at the grocery store. There's chicken wings that are all the sports bar. Chicken wings are on like every everywhere, menu. Everywhere you look, every so, cruise ship has thousands of chicken wings on it. Every like bar has chicken wings. Like they're just endless. There is a mountain of chicken wings. Just look at the the soup the day of the Super Bowl. How many chicken wings are consumed? Incredible. It would seem to me that them, the amount of chickens <laughs> required to make that many chicken wings would take up all the land mass of the United States. Of if America. we, and we talked about this before, but if we could go back to hunter gatherer days and take one of those guys and zoom him into it, would just like, he, he, it would just start spasming. He <laughs> <laughs> would just lose it. Picking it up. All right. All right. So, you know, 
I'll, uh, we, we lost the feed there for a minute, but I'm going to go back to my little analogy that I yeah, said. Yeah, good analogy. Um, so I forget where, I think I read it in a book. Or, yeah. uh, and it, the analogy was that life is like a torrential stream. And we're standing on a sandbar in the middle of the stream. And we're all of us that we know and that we love are huddled together on the sandbar. And we're keeping from being washed away in the current by holding tight to one another and by, by staying together and by watching out for each other. And particularly when you're weak or when you're old or when you're off by yourself, you're more able to be washed away by the stream. And so it's important for us to all stay together and to watch out for each other and to keep the ties that bind us strong because that's how we stand up to light. Beautiful, beautiful metaphor analogy. And my point, just to piggyback, was the creative intelligence, the spirit of the universe, whatever keeps us, uh, has created us, demands We, we remain I, I so just, social connected we, beings. We had um, like this really heartfelt, profound... Oh, we lost it. Like uh, ending to this podcast. It was super sweet. It we were trying to end, and it was like full of love. It was like full of love, and it was it was like inspirational. And now we're trying to remanufacture. Like I looked on our uh, recording equipment, and it it had a system overload, and we we lost uh, all of our interesting. But it was beautiful. But just rest assured, it was beautiful. It was uh, it was it was beautiful. It was the single tear on so the so think cheek. all of you out there. Yeah, think of something beautiful and inspiring and heartening and just pretend we just said it and don't worry just be happy about a thing but anyway thanks for listening because every little thing it's been real it's gonna be all right and uh tune in next time for episode 12 of the aging millennials podcast take it easy Thank you for listening to the Aging Millennials Podcast.